0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito com. Hey
1: everybody, it's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you a little before midnight on what day is today? Apparently it's Tuesday, May 10th. The Dallas Mavericks just got their asses whooped by the Phoenix Suns. 110-80. to 80. Uh, The Mavericks played a pretty good first half, uh, but you could see the sort of threads of things starting to unravel uh, at the end of the first half. They were down by three after losing the second quarter pretty badly. Then the Suns put the clamps on the uh, Dallas Mavericks in the third quarter. The Mavericks scored 13 points to 12 turnovers. And what was, in my opinion, and we're just going to need to talk about this further, because anything after the third quarter didn't really matter, in what was probably the least competent performance from the entire team, from the coaching staff on down to every player that was on the floor. Hi, Josh. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? I'm just. I was writing about the game, yeah. and I just. I don't even know where to start with that third quarter because when I say like everyone, I'm including Jason Kidd because he called like what well, was technically a timeout for the um, Jalen Brunson charge review, which every single coach on the bench should have been like, "Do not challenge this." Like Brunson, Brunson, like he he rolled over Chris Paul, and then after that, that was at the 750 56 mark. The Mavericks didn't call a timeout again and just proceeded to get like, like, like whooped. And, you know, I don't, I'm not laying that at the, I mean, I'm laying the decision to not do that at the feet of Jason Kidd, but I like, there's just so much bad decision making from every person that mattered on the Mavericks. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I'm not thinking about that third quarter for a long time.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was rough. Uh, I don't know if i've seen it's been a long time since we've seen this mavericks team unravel uh you know in the in the way they did in the third quarter and they also did it in the fourth quarter of game two so that's twice now in this series where they've just kind of laid an egg in a in a second half quarter you know fourth quarter game two now uh third quarter of game five and really like the staple of this team since the the Christophs Prazingis trade and when they've been going on this crazy run has been that even, like, not only are they just winning games, but they're just, they're in it. They're in almost every game. Like, I mean, they're making comebacks or, you know, even if they lose, you know, it feels like they turn 20-point games into, like, seven or six-point games. So, like, even if it's a loss, you kind of come away from it like, okay, well, here were some things that they can – They can move on from like they've been a pretty feisty team all things considered uh and yeah that third quarter was i mean 14 points 12 turnovers kind of says it all doesn't it i mean it was it was wild uh some of those turnovers uh how just how quickly they came and from every like no one was like i think you said this no one was spared in that third quarter everyone played pretty poorly the coaching staff didn't do a good job it was just uh, the game just kind of detonated on them in a, in a spectacular fashion, and, and that was it. That was the game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I The Mavericks, like, Luka and Brunson got great looks in the first quarter, like really good looks that went down. Dorian Finney-Smith hit two big threes, and those two Dorian Finney-Smith threes in the first, first quarter were the only non-Luka yeah brunson starter points until and those were in the first five minutes so dorian had a pair of free throws in the fourth quarter when they were trying to make like a late insane rally the game was it was like like uh, dorian's made it 73 to 90 if i remember correctly but no other dallas starter scored outside of luka brunson and dorian so that means reggie bullock was 0 for 5 um dwight powell uh, was awful. Um, not really sure. I don't know. I I don't like cracking on Dwight Powell because he's just doing what he was asked to do. But that was that that was the game in the moment where it seemed DeAndre Ayton realized that he was much bigger than Dwight Powell and just proceeded to manhandle him the entire game. Uh, third yeah, quarter was brutal. But,
2: but when you say entire game, he played eight minutes. So. The, the okay, the eight minutes yeah. that he was on the floor, The yeah. eight minutes he, he was yeah, on the floor. Was, for sure, and,
1: and, I mean, I know he's only a negative one, but it's like, like it was not, it was, it was just like a, a the four minute stretch in the in the fourth, or I'm sorry, in the third that he played was just it was terrible.
2: It was terrible. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, you can't like people are pr- pretty mad about Powell. I'm not trying to defend him because I mean, in his eight minutes, it, it wasn't great. Although the first half was pretty good. I mean, they got like a, an eight point lead with him on the floor early in the first in the first quarter so i mean it wasn't all terrible but yeah the third quarter kind of gave it all away but at the end of the day i mean he's playing between like eight to ten minutes a game and it's really hard for me to lay any sort of like big picture blame on him if this were like if the mavericks lost this game by a possession or two then it would be easier for me to, to point at his eight minutes and be like well you know that matters it adds up but mm-hmm. i mean the mavericks have lost each of these games i mean the mavericks have lost by 30 20 and seven and even the, the seven point loss in game one is. they were like down three. by 20 yeah yeah they were they, the game was over when the fourth quarter started um so like it's hard for me to look at dwight powell's minutes and be like like i mean he has to play like Maxi cannot play 48 minutes they can't play marquise chris it's pretty clear that they don't want to do extended runs with the small ball. I mean, they could, but I mean, when you're already asking so much of Dorian to then be like, Oh, Hey, you know, when you're not guarding Booker, you're guarding Deandre Ayton. <laughs> like, I don't know how that would, uh, you know, I don't know what uh, would happen there. So to me, it's just more roster limitations and like you know, maybe you start Maxi and you play Pals. You know, you still give them eight minutes. Maybe those eight minutes come when you know Bismack Biombo or Javale McGee are on the floor. Like, maybe that's an adjustment. But I mean, you do that and you lose this game. You know, one ten to ninety two. Like, I don't. I don't know. Like that. Yeah.
1: No. It, yeah. it certainly. It, it just. It's one of those things where, when the Mavericks get their depth exposed, it feels like they get shredded to the core. Um, and that's like a team thing as a whole, and it's just you know, you go through, and I wrote about this, you know, the 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 non-Luca Brunson starter or players for the team scored 31 points. And if we remove, you know, incandescent sharpshooter Davis Bertans, that's 21 points. And that really comes down to Maxi scoring four, Dorian scoring eight, and everyone else scored garbage time buckets. So it's like basically 12, you know, 22, what is it here? So so yeah, 22 total points from your bench guys, which not bench guys, your non-stars, 14 points from your, from your bench. And, and the Mavericks just, just, oh, no, I'm, I'm not doing the math right. I'm really tired. I'm sorry, guys. Spencer Dinwiddie was awful. Like he's so far down the, the, um. The, I don't know why they have him in the, in the ESPN box score. Like he's like the third guy from the bottom a lot of the time. Anyway, Spencer Dinwiddie scored two points in 16 minutes. Cleaver um, scored four points, uh, you know, Frank Milikina, uh scored three points, he, he, it's, it's just, it, it's like you watch this game, and it's, when these guys play at home, and things are going well, because I mean, again, they, minus Luka, they hit 18 of 31 threes the other night, tonight, the Mavericks hit six of 24 threes, when you back out Luka's numbers, and, You know, that's not the game, but that's a significant portion of why they got their asses kicked.
2: Yeah, um, I'm going to throw something out there. I tweeted this, but I'm going to throw something out there. I'm going to tell you Dorian Finney-Smith's three-point attempts in these games. So let's look at the losses. Let's let's look at the losses. So games one, two, and now five. Game one, six three-point attempts. Game two, zero three-point attempts. Game five, five three-point attempts. Now let's look at the two wins, Dorian's three-point attempts. Uh, Game three, 11. (laughs) Game five, 12. Uh, I feel like this has been a theme for a while. I think we've talked about it on the show. We've talked about it on the site, you know, everywhere. Like, I feel like this is a point. I'm I'm starting to beat a dead horse, but like, if you want to know how good the Mavericks offense was, just look at Dorian's three-point attempts because he is a strictly spot-up, you know, in trans or, you know, in transition shooter. He's not a pull-up guy. He's not creating his own shot. And he's also not a guy that's going to like run off screens uh, like Bullock has been doing. So like his three-point attempts are indicative of, okay, was the ball moving around Were the Mavericks able to get the defense into rotations and, and find Finney Smith for those spot-up looks. And, you know, when he's not getting a lot of shots, it it's just like – the offense is molasses and it's just very gunky and slowed down. And, and well, they, so yeah, I'm glad you talked about that. I thought the Suns. so it's, I
1: got a number of direct messages from people being like, why did Luca decide to play like James Harden? And I, you know, I just, I kind of pushed back in so far as I could. I don't, I'm really, I'm a little bit confused with what the Mavericks did on offense, but I will say what the Suns did on defense was really impressive. Um, Luca wanted a lot of those post ups, and he didn't get them. He got them all at the three point line. Yes, and so if he's expecting to back down like twenty four feet, that's just a winning proposition for the Suns, unless he's getting foul calls. And Luca got a few, but they were sending soft doubles at at you know where and in particular when he was out there on the floor with Maxi. He just takes one big step over, and you know, I just gotta say this, Luca. Luca doesn't particularly like challenging Ayton. Uh he he really like just shies away. And it's odd because the Mavericks actually score really well over Ayton. Um I'm sure somebody's just gonna come at me and blast me for this, but I've seen one too many Luca step back three-pointers over Aiden not go in the last four games, and I'm just kind of tired of it. Um and and what the Suns did was really force. The Mavericks into they're playing like an isolation game. I mean, they had nine assists on twenty-seven made baskets. Whereas I did the math before this. Let's see if I still yeah, I still have it here. In games three and four, they had forty-seven assists on seventy-eight made baskets. And so, for those of you who don't like math, in game five, their, their shots were thirty-three percent assisted, and then in games three and four, they were sixty percent assisted. And that's not. Just because the Mavericks were playing a certain way, the Suns forced them into that, and the Mavericks had no counters.
2: Yeah, I was a little. I don't know if they did a good job at at stringing eight and out like they did in the first two games. Uh, I feel like they they were really, ev- like you said, they were really evident on that Luca post up, and that Luca post up twenty two to twenty five feet from the basket is just like I, that is not that is nope. not cool. That is, I'm not digging that offense. Um, and they just get in the offense really slow. And that's just, you know, that's a thing with, with Luca is just the time it takes to initiate. And the Suns are good. And I know that the Mavericks like to play, a, you know, a slower possession, slow tempo game. But there's got to be some sort of middle ground between, you know, the, how slow they want to play and, like, breakneck speed. Like, I feel like they don't necessarily need to be, like, running it up and down and, and in transition all the time necessarily or pushing really hard. But they just need to... Get across the half court line like just a tad faster, and just start these sets a little quicker. Because I don't, it felt like almost every possession when this game mattered, uh, it was just that's shots coming on in the Luca. final five seconds of the shot clock. That the
1: the starting possessions is on Luca. The where the ball ends up on these possessions, like I felt that the the Dallas coaching staff made precisely zero adjustments when things started to go to hell. And that's that. That's not a thing we've seen. Where Jason Kidd was so good at timeouts this year, and the Mavericks were too. One of the best out of timeout teams in the league, and they didn't call any timeouts.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, it, it was a, it was a, it's been a weird series. I mean, for as, as dominant as the Suns were in games one and two, the Mavericks were equally as dominant in games three and four. Like we haven't had a close game all series. We haven't had any of these games qualify for clutch minutes, you know, mm-hmm. which is uh, you know, what, this the margin within five points with five minutes or less in the fourth quarter. Uh, it's just weird. Um The Suns definitely made more adjustments. You know, they basically kicked uh Campaign and JaVale McGee out of the rotation, replaced them with uh with Bismack Biombo and Landry Shamut. I know that doesn't sound big, but I mean Biombo yeah. played 21 minutes and was like effective. And if like I mean that he seemed a little bit more. Spry in guarding the pick and roll, you know. McGee obviously has the te- the the build for it. He's just a space cadet uh, a lot of times. So, uh, and then you know with campaign, that was a guy that Luca ruthlessly targeted. And Shamit isn't like you know a lockdown guy, but he's just a little bigger, a little beefier, uh, and he's just a little bit harder to take advantage of, like they did you know with Payne. I don't know if that was the difference in turning this from the Suns getting beaten down in three games, three and four into a, a 30 point win for them. But I mean, they, they add up, these adjustments kind of added up. And of yeah. course, Paul played a full game and didn't get crazy foul trouble and he wasn't even like amazing, but it's, it's evident how much better the Suns offense is when he's playing 35 to 40 minutes, as opposed to, you know, whatever was happening in game four and game three where he was just out of sorts. So uh, you know, he had 10 assists, um, but really the Mavs' defense wasn't that bad considering the fact that the Mavericks had, you know, 12 turnovers in a quarter uh, and shot the ball as poorly as they did, which gave Phoenix, you know, multiple possessions against an unset defense. So the fact that the Suns, like, I mean, they had a, a good offensive game. Uh, you know, they were close to 49% from the field, 37.5 from three. But that's not like... You can overcome that, like that. Like I'm not looking at this game as like they need to make a ton of defensive adjustments. Like I think they did okay. The offense was just so absolutely putrid. And like you said, I know credit the Suns. The Suns did a lot of good things. Um, the way they were able to keep you know Aiton on the floor relatively and not. I mean, that was the difference game four. I mean, every time Aiton was on the floor, the Mavericks were getting open three after open three after open three.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and I
2: need to go back and watch. I don't know. I can't remember watching real time specifically what the Suns did with Ayton. Uh, but it definitely worked it definitely worked better. Uh didn't feel like they were getting shred, getting whatever three point looks they wanted in this one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I don't know. It and it I, I wrote I'm looking at my own, you know, love referencing my own writing makes me feel like a real asshole. Um I just this is one of those where it's like, a, you know, I, I'm not really mad. I'm a little frustrated by like the complete. I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I would be if I would be if I'd matter if if they got if they lost by like nine. Probably not like the fact that they were so thoroughly annihilated makes this almost a little easier to deal with because. <laughs> you know, the last two games were really excited because it was unexpected, but it's got to be noted that the suns are just a deeper team and that sort of stuff can wear you over time and they did some interesting stuff and i don't know i i'm i'm gonna be curious to see what you ride and be curious to see what sort of the post-game takeaways are like there's a whole lot of chatter in the post-game comments like luca is pissed he said he, he got caught on camera saying everybody acts tough when they're up um going you know uh, going back to the locker room and then he had some kind of comments about the fact that in the third quarter they didn't they didn't play like themselves um and i don't know i i was real you know you turned off the the thing one thing this is the a little thing but it's like there was silliness at the end of the game like marquise chris and a lot of people are yelling at me where it's like oh chris did the right it's like no guys like everybody's down 30, you know, there was something that happened. I don't know if you saw this, like Jake Rowder got hurt. Like there's no word on him, but he might like, he went down with what looked like, like a potential separated shoulder. Um, That could be huge as much as you don't want to talk about injuries affecting a game. Um, There's just like, I'm struggling to kind of figure out what to talk about this game just because that third quarter was just such a thorough ass whooping. I mean, they went, They they scored four points and then they went five and a half minutes with no points. (laughs) It's just just terrible. Like it's just that was the game. That was the whole game.
2: Yeah, and I think I want to talk about like you know, like you said, it's hard to hard to find things to to talk about when it's such an ass kicking. Uh, But I want to like I feel like we need to talk about Luca, Um, and I think we were pretty frustrated watching his game as it was happening and i was wondering like okay as the game goes on am i gonna maybe i don't know if cool off is the right word but am i just gonna feel differently and to be honest i'm i'm not i i, I feel like a lot of this game and this is probably not fair because again you look at the box score and it is just a wasteland uh after luca and brunson but like Something about this game feels like it kind of starts and ends with Luca in terms of his disposition in this Interesting. game. I don't know if I'm being too armchair psychologist, but I mean the body language didn't look great, and oh, the body
1: language went to hell. And, like uh, he hit two early shots and made some sweet dimes, and he was like, "I." He basically started playing like I'm in my bag. I was exchanging messages with someone, and the Mavericks. Open the game where they were like on they were scoring like two points, and this is such a small sample size, but every time the, they went into the paint, they got scores, and then the final six minutes of the first quarter, they took lots and lots of fadeaways, the ball stopped moving, and things felt grimy, and they just never got it back. And I do and I do think that, that some of that has to rest on Lucas shoulders. I don't want to solely place it there, but if he's, no, you know, no. if he's going to have a usage rate like he does and want to control the ball, it gets into what you had mentioned a little bit ago, where if you know you're getting the ball across half court at 17 seconds instead of 19 seconds, that's two less seconds to get a decent shot off. It, that stuff just yeah. matters over the course of the game.
2: Yeah, and I mean, he hasn't. His overall numbers look spectacular, like, and they always do, like. I'm I'm gonna say another thing. I don't know if this is I'm ranting on this or not, but I'm a little tired of every time Luca has a bad game, and someone's like, oh, "It's so funny, ever you know, Luca's bad game. He's he has 28 points and 11 rebounds." I'm like, guys, he has the, his he has a 45% usage rate, like he shoots 25 to 30 times a game like of course mm-hmm. he's gonna have numbers yeah he, he shot plays. 23 times and he passed yeah. out of
1: four times he should have shot the ball and then gave hand grenades to someone else because he ran yeah. the possession wrong
2: yeah and like again i'm not trying to like overly kill him but i'm just tired of like when we attempt a criticism it's oh well, i mean how can you really blame i mean the guy had 28 points and 11 rebounds it's like Guys, we're in like a different era of the NBA now where these counting stats mean matter like slightly less because of the way these guys have the ball and the the way they're getting shots up compared to, you know, when we watched Dirk uh, and he would he would score, you know, like 30 points on like 18 shots. It's just a different it's the league is just a little different now. And it's just. You know, this is three straight games. He's been under 50% from the floor and under 30% from three. Uh, and it's just, we kind of assume greatness with Luca in the playoffs because entering this these playoffs, I mean, his numbers have been absolutely bananas. And I guess we've never stopped to consider like, well, what if he has like a bad playoffs? I'm not saying he hasn't had a bad playoffs, but. These three games leave a lot to be desired for me, even though the Mavericks won two of them. Uh, I think he he played a good passing game in games three and four, but I mean he's still shooting miserably. Um, I mean, and you know there three were three of his last 18 3 pointers. Yeah, and the and the Jazz series, you know, he came back and had had a really nice sco- couple of scoring games, but that game four loss was really like he just kind of felt off. He didn't play particularly yeah. great clean game in game six i'm just nitpicky and you know he's coming off the calf injury he might still be hurt like i mean he might still be like feeling that for all we know but again like if he's playing and if he's playing 35 minutes we just have to look at it and i just haven't felt great about his offensive game the last three games and then tonight his defense was
1: as he usually is like his playmaking in game four was was astounding
2: yes yeah. It's
1: just he he hasn't had that game that holy shit it's Luka Doncic game he hasn't had that
2: I that's mean maybe okay. game one the forty five points in game one but again right. he that gets dampered because the second half he basically you know when well, the game went, was over
1: yeah game, like, like he scored a bunch of he scored like twelve points after the game was over that's not taken away from the final numbers but it's something that you gotta that you gotta you know yeah and with. so he know.
2: took he took twenty three shots tonight and four of them were at the rim and uh, i don't know it's just you know he was four of six from mid-range and that's great i just i think the suns are totally cool with him making yeah. fadeaways and floaters and as long as he's not killing Aton with the step back three and as long as he's not you know bulldozing his way to the rim like we've seen him have these historic games where he just plows his way to the rim and gets to the basket like the suns i think the suns are totally cool with whatever else he does after that well and i want to make i want to talk about one
1: more thing before we go because i had (laughs) like i always try to balance and I, i love talking with a lot of the people that read our stuff and i i know there's a certain whole section of people that just lose their minds whenever we're talking about luca because they think we're being unfair and like i want everyone here to understand that josh and i are doing this in the context that everyone else in the mavericks including Jalen Brunson, kind of sucked. And in some yes. cases, really, really sucked. Um, Brunson, as, as great as he's played in this playoffs, was the driving force between the game getting out of hand. Like, he had three turnovers in three minutes. That is not like Brunson. Anyway, no. I, we're just pointing that, at, like, I don't know how to talk about Spencer Dinwiddie, for example. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, uh, I I want, like, like whereas I'm sitting here saying <laughs> – Luca might need to play, do this specific thing better in order for the Mavericks to win. Like Spencer needs to stop fucking being terrible. Like there's no, there's no like nuance to that discussion.
2: (laughs) No. Can you believe that he's playing worse than the jazz series? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know know how how I can't believe it. He had 15, he averaged 15 a game uh, in that jazz series. I mean, he's averaging seven now. He well, I mean, 25 the Mavericks from the know they can't play him. He has three, he has three turnovers, three yeah, turnovers he tonight. He didn't play in Game Four. Uh, they, down, the stretch, down the stretch, they yeah. played Frank. Uh, yeah, the three, three turnovers in 16 minutes and 0 for three from the field. That's, that's tough. I mean, it's. I don't know if it's like the season catching up to him. Uh, you know, he played a lot of minutes. Uh, toward the end of his stretch with Dallas. I mean, he played a lot of minutes in Washington too, but I don't know. It's tough to say, you know, he's coming off an ACL. I don't know if he's running, is he running out of steam? But I mean, the drop off from his regular season play to now is just crazy. And I think the thing that's really disappointing is that I know that he had those big games in the regular season when Luka was out or whenever he would need to start. But what was so nice was like he was, he fit so well coming off the bench and like playing well in 18 minutes yeah. or playing well in six. Like, like he seemed to adjust to being like a more spot player and not necessarily needing to get 20 shots a game. And, uh, and, but well, he's no longer attacking. Three, nah. mean, he took
1: two, he took two, th- three. Let me yeah. See two here.
2: of his three shots were threes
1: or threes. Yeah. And, and then, then he, he drove th- once and he got and free throws. Th- and then he just, didn't do it again he had like
2: another weird contested floater was his third shot yeah
1: and i mean this is what we mean guys where it's like okay we talk about luca because talking about luca is actually interesting because when you do (laughs) talk about luca you can also say here's the thing that he can probably change and see what happens it might result in better things for the mavericks and nine times out of ten he does it and then then he does it it. it's like this dude rules like we understand he rules i just want to i just wanted to kind of get that context out yeah, there because no. i'm trying i'm trying to have like like people hate that sort of thing and it's just like well you know we're talking we like basketball we want to talk about the specific stuff anyways
2: yeah but yeah i don't it's it's bizarre to see this team in game four and this team in game five it's just i this yeah. home court matter that much because like honestly are you going to be shocked if they come out in game six and they win by 12 I don't I mean maybe you are I don't know I I can't read your mind right now but I wouldn't I mean it's just been that kind of series yeah no
1: that's right I mean and and we'll be back here Thursday um for game six and you know I I've, I've been saying this where it's just like this is all kind of found money at this point you know you can see a lot of things about where okay if the Mavericks were to come back and win game six I wouldn't be shocked if they were to come out and get just leveled I wouldn't be shocked either, and there's they've just squeezed so much yeah. juice from this berry that I'm just I get frustrated on the game to game, but then you pull back and you're like, what? Like they're doing this without again Spencer Dinwiddie, who is like the driving force to to helping them close out a lot of these games. Like it's really nuts. I mean, yeah, this is basically
2: the last. This is basically the 2020 and the 2021 team. Just without Kristaps, yeah,
1: yeah, and I like like I've been listening to some Suns blogs, and like this is the problem with being really, really good is whenever you lose, it it kind of makes you lose your mind. Some of the Suns podcasts I've listened to, where it's just like they don't know how to cope with loss because their team is so good, and they've lost two times to this Mavericks team, and it is baffling. Whereas you and I, and you know, me and Clint the other night, and some of the other losses, it's like, oh, okay, you know. This is, I think we're critical of some specific stuff. Yeah. It's like more or less you and I, and, and anybody that really likes basketball understands that like this son's team was a number one seed for a very clear reason.
2: Yeah. And I think you could say they've already just pushing it to six games. If that's what happens. I mean, mm-hmm. it is already better than what a lot of people thought. So, yeah.
1: I mean, it felt like they could lose four straight and they didn't. So. Right. And one more, you know.
2: th- and one more thing before we go. Like Bullock was over. Like was, we talked about him, yeah. like, zero points. I I feel like he's he's like emblematic of like the running out of gas. Like because think about his defensive responsibility for two straight series, and he's basically been playing you know almost forty minutes a night for about two two and a half weeks and on offense he's not like they don't use him like dorian on offense i mean he's setting off ball screens and he's popping and he's running around curls like i would love to see like how many miles he runs you know the nba tracks that i mean i might want to look that up like how many they track the distance each player runs i mean bullock's got to be close to top of that with the what he has to do on defense and then on the other side of the ball what he's doing on offense so as much as it stunk to see him, you know, miss all shots to score zero points, it kind of felt like they, he was due for a game like this. Because I mean, yeah. f- the human body can only can only do so much, and he's been—I mean, he's been in—he's been an unbelievable warrior for them. So he has been. Hope, hopefully, he can get some some rest over the next twenty-four to forty-eight hours and, right. and have some fresher legs for for Thursday.
1: Well. I don't know. You and I will be back because uh, we like talking about this team, as evidenced by the fact we've talked for a half hour. So <laughs> I'll let you go back to your writing. Uh, check out my recap, which is not my finest work. I'm just, I'm, I'm toast. I am Reggie Bullitt. <laughs> out. <laughs> I love yeah, uh, if I it. If any of your a staff has made it to this point in the podcast, because I know some of you weirdos write. Somebody else write the recap for Thursday. I don't want to. I'll probably end up <laughs> writing it. That's, that's just the nature. All right, guys. Kirk Henderson and Josh Both. Thanks so much. Be listening in for the Spotify Live. I'll post that a little, uh, a little later tomorrow. Everybody be good.
2: Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.